Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy Chip Tiernan. What to do? Got a lot going on. Uh, this past week, the Eagles hired a head coach. Yep. Nick Sirianni, big old Italian, who was the Colts offensive coordinator. Now, I really don't want to talk about it a lot right now. I want to save for the bulk of the show, but we had drama with the fans and with Deuce Staley specifically. And I, re- I really want to get into the nitty gritty with that because I, I, I don't know what it is. It, was it the loyalty factor? Was it just the fact that Deuce has like, been in multiple positions with the organization? But the fans were livid. I personally, I don't hate it. It's not Josh McDaniels, and that's where I'm at. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, yeah, you're you're right. Uh, I was kind of surprised at the move. I I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I didn't even know I didn't know who Nick Sirianni was. Um, I was going to say the first thing that I said when you told me, I said, "Let me look it up so I can see who it was," because I knew it wasn't the enemy at that point. Yeah. And I said, "Who the hell is that?" Right. The only thing I knew about him was that he interviewed with the Eagles. So that's that's literally it. Um, and then, you know, obviously news broke. I uh, did some research on the guy. And the more I read, the more, you know, I kind of I kind of liked the move. So um, well, let's get into the bulk of it, because we do have a lot of discussion to get into, including the rest of the coaching staff. And the Deuce Daily drama. Um, Next, I would like to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, who have been murdering it and are 12-5 and at the top of the division, and they're playing the Pistons right now. But they have – Joel Embiid, if he keeps this up, Chip, is it official that he shut up the haters? Yeah, man. Uh, if he can keep this play up, no, no doubt about it, man. Uh, that's the biggest thing, though. Can he can he keep it up? And hopefully he will. So, one of my biggest qualms with Embiid was the fact that he didn't have the energy going into like the fourth quarter. Mm. And this year, he has really upped his game. He's taken it to the next level, and he's really shown that he is an MVP caliber player. We all knew he had it, but he never really displayed it fully. Yep. But now it's it's not just once every five games we see it. We're seeing it every game. He's getting to the basket. He's drawing those fouls. He is killing it. And yeah, most no, of all, no we can't forget Toss the Process. <laughs> Absolutely. I That will forever be the background of my computer. As Joel Embiid, arms wide open. Across the process, right there. Yep. Beautiful. Now, we have one more thing to talk about today, unfortunately. The Flyers have done a complete 180 and have been playing really poorly. Yeah. Now, the injury bug has nipped them. Uh, they lost Phil Myers, Morgan Frost, and Sean Couturier. Uh, their face-offs are struggling, and that, that's, I would say that's mostly because of Sean Couturier. His efficiency is really good in the face-off. But defensively, 
Carter Hart's been taking a barrage of shots. And on the road, Carter Hart has been struggling, especially. Uh, the last yeah. pod we recorded, we praised Carter Hart for playing well. And two hours after, not two hours, but while we were recording, the game was going on. Flyers were down by one goal. Uh, they lost, uh, they, they scored, uh, it was the Sabres scored six goals. Yeah. And then Carter Hart let up six goals against the Bruins, and he snapped his stick into like seven pieces. Yeah. Which is, you know, a little bit of anger. He's a young guy. I, I definitely understand. I've, I've been there. A little bit of anger. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, I, I am, I am, I tend to be an angry person, especially when it comes to sports. So I get it. I don't get it on that scale because I'm no pro athlete, but frustration in sports definitely, uh, everyone understands. Yeah. If you're ever, yeah. Uh, if you're <laughs> David, <laughs> playing baseball, yeah. like out three times, you get mad. Right, of course. I mean, listen, they they have been struggling mightily, especially defensively, like you said. So, um, you know, it's you know the injuries obviously don't help them, but uh, man, we're we're missing Matt Niskanen right now, aren't we? Um, you know, it, it just uh, you, we have to be better. We have to be better defensively. We have to get more shots on goal. Not nearly enough so far, uh, and they're just giving up way too many shots on the other side. So. Uh, you know, maybe maybe this team isn't as you know as dominant as we first thought. Uh, they definitely can get there, uh, but you know, not not a great start for them right now. Well, see, they do have ghosts coming off of COVID protocol. Uh, we'll we'll talk about their gameplay, what needs to improve. We saw sparks of greatness, and we saw where they're struggling right now. It is early in the season, so there's plenty to go. Um, I just I don't. The team has always been a little streaky here and there, but yeah. I don't get the drastic nature of it as much. Why one game you go out and annihilate? You control all the zone time. Yeah. Laying out hits, just controlling the puck, playing great defense, and then the next game you go out and play like crap. <laughs> yeah. These are two-game series, too, so it's not like you're seeing the same team. And obviously the team's going to adjust. But it, I just don't see why it's so intense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, some games we have it, some games we don't. Um, I guess that's that's the nature of the beast, I guess. Uh, but, you know, we, we have to be better. Um, you know, if this is if this is a championship-level team, which most people think that it is, um, you know, we have to play better defense. I mean, that's plain, that's, you know, that's as plain as it is. And, uh you know, we'll see if they can turn things around. I mean, I, you know, I like the fact that Carter Hart got so angry because, um, you know, he knows that he's he's not playing well, but it's not just on him. It's, you know, it's it's everyone. Um, you know, we gave up 40 shots to, to Boston, whatever, the first game, I think it was. Um, you know, we had the lead going into the third period, I think it was, and then we gave it up and then we lost in the shootout. So, you know, giving up 40 shots in a game is, is never is never good. Um, right. You know, it, right. It, I don't care. I don't care how good your goalie is. I mean, 40 shots is 40 shots. That's a lot for one game. So, um, yeah, Carter Hart's been struggling, but it's not just on him. And your goalie can be a brick wall. But if you're not giving him any assistance at all, right. it, it's horrible. Uh, the Flyers really have to be ready for these opponents. And with Valentine's Day upon us, we fellas have got to be prepared and ready. 
So make sure you're ready for wherever your night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already trusting Manscaped to groom, and you should make sure that you're one of them. All right. Until I used the lawnmower 3.0, I honestly used to cut my nuts every single time I shaved. It was, it was kind of a problem, and I was scared. Am I wrong? It, put, putting a razor to your nuts is kind of scary. Yeah, man, it's scary. Anything sharp in that delicate area, uh, it's never good, man. Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. But uh, thanks to Manscaped, I'm good now. And you should be good, too. You know, if your girl can't think of what to get you this year, Tell her you got the gift for you and for her. The best way to get Manscaped started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe skin technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. And let's be real, we, we've smelled the worst down there before. That's why I'm thankful for their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking, and these products smell good as well. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I'm talking about. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that will keep your junk fresh, feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Easily the comfiest pair of boxers I've ever had. And to complete your grooming game with, with the Renew Refined Cologne, a signature scent by Manscaped with the same signature scent that it's, that's in all the Manscaped formulas. This cologne is a perfect complement to, to, to this collection. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. You get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, let's get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. I got nothing left, Chippy. What you say? Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. Let's get in the huddle and talk some birds, baby. Goodbye. Eagles hire Nick Sirianni, the former offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, to be their new head coach. I want to start by asking, after you said who the hell is he and researched him, how do you feel? <laughs> um, I like the move. Um, no, was the move I was expecting? No. But, you know, I did some research on the guy and, you know, he seems to fit what we need right now. Um, you know, all, all signs point to they want to fix Wentz. So they looked for they, they told their candidates that that was the plan. And they chose the best candidate, um, in my opinion. 
Um, now, like, my first choice was obviously Eric Bieniemy. I couldn't shut up about the guy. But you, you had a point to me when we were talking off the mic. The Eagles can't wait for someone right. to exit the playoffs before they hire a coach. Exactly. And as much as I would have liked for them to be patient and wait, it makes a ton of sense to just get right into the swing of things. And if he interviewed exceptionally well, which it really seems like he did, he got the job, so I think that he really stuck out compared to the rest. And the Eagles interviewed a ton of people. Yeah. So he came with a strong recommendation from Frank Reich. I didn't know who he was, (laughs) I'll be honest. I, I was like, who? Right. But, you know, if he he has experience as a quarterback's coach and a wide receiver's coach, and they're two of the areas that we struggled the most, um, I don't really hate it anymore. I didn't hate it at all. I was just confused at first. Yeah, I, yeah, I was confused as well. Again, I, I, I didn't know who he was. Uh, and that's, you know, that's being, you know, if I don't want to, you know, speak too loudly about myself, but um, I, I feel like I know, you know, a, a lot about football and, and, you know, the guys around the league. I, I didn't know who he was. Um, so, you know, that, that tells you a lot. And I know a lot of people, like you, for example, I know, you know, a lot of our friends didn't know who he was. Um, so, you know, it just tells you. Uh, again, the only thing I knew was he was, he got interviewed for, for, by the Eagles. And I'm like, okay. And I just thought he was another name. You know, they were, they were looking again. I'm like, all right, you know, he'll interview. We'll see what happens. And then when it came out, um, again, I was, I was surprised. Um, but like I said, I do, I do like what he brings. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's young, he's 39 years old. Um, you know, he, he has a lot of experience for his age. Uh, I think this is his 14th year in the NFL. If I'm wrong, it's somewhere around there. Um, and if I'm wrong, you know, please, please correct me. But, uh, it's something like that. It's something about, you know, 14 years, which is, you know, which is a lot for a 39 year old. Um, so again, it, you know, like you said, he has, he has experience working with, with, uh, he's been, he's been a quarter, quarterback's coach in the past. Um, he's been a wide receivers coach in the past. And like you said, this, that's the area we struggled with the most this season offensively. So I, I, I like it. Um, you know, obviously Jeffrey Laurie and, and Howie, as much as we don't like Howie, um, you know, they, they saw something in them and this is, in my opinion, this is just the right fit for what we need right now. And that's, that's a guy who can potentially fix our franchise quarterback and knows, knows how to run an offense. Now, you know, some people are going to say, oh, he didn't call the plays. You're right. But he did have a lot to do with what Indianapolis did offensively this past season. Right. Um, he, he constructed a lot of the plays, which, which right. is good. And, and the thing that we saw last year especially was <laughs> the plays that were constructed, constructed by this committee that Doug Peterson and Howie put together, it didn't work. It right. didn't mesh. The play calls were horrid. Yeah. And we saw at a crucial point in the game that they just weren't ready for that position. And, and you know, as much as we crapped on Doug, do I hate the guy? No. Right. I didn't think they were going to let him go. I, I was on the fire dog train 
but because of the play calling, and he wouldn't give right. up the play calling. That's, that's the only reason. And yeah, the fact I mean, that he wanted to promote Press Taylor. Right. I mean, that we said we were talking about that, uh, you know, off mic. Yeah, that's the reason he got fired. I mean, he he if he says to Jeffrey Lurie, "I want to hire someone else outside of the organization," he's still here. He's here. He's here. But the fact that he was so firm on his stance that he wanted to promote from within. You know, he Jeffrey made it clear to him that he we need to look elsewhere, and Doug didn't want to do that, so they had to part ways. Um, so that's what they did, and you know, again, we were surprised. Um, but I think it's the right move for what we need right now. Um, again, I mentioned the whole Carson Wentz thing. Um, you know, which you know the media is 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 on top of it for whatever reason. For whatever reason, they're just they're. I don't know what it is, but they just they keep they keep doing the, these stupid reports about him, which I don't believe at all. Saying he doesn't want to be here, like let let the man speak. But I mean, that's the one thing he hasn't done is spoken to the media, which you know he probably should do. But the fact that he's not said anything and people are coming out and saying, "Oh, he doesn't want to be here," that's just wrong. You're wrong. Like you don't know that for, for certain. Like, yeah, he may may not want to be here, but you can't just come out and say that without him confirming it. So, you know, people coming out and saying he doesn't want to be here is is either just a lie or they don't know. They just want a story, and that's that's what the media is. They just want a story. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna believe anything until Carson Wentz says it himself, because that's the only way it, you know we'll know anything. Um, so for for what I from what I'm you know, going to assume, which, you know, is not great, but I'm going to assume that Carson wants to be here. I mean, he's, he said that he does in the past. So if he wants to be here, then, you know, we got, we brought in the right guy to try and fix him. Right. So that's, that's the bottom line. hundred percent. I, all right. So let's move forward from Sirianni. Um, I'm neutral towards the hire. It is what it is, you know? Um, yeah. Again, I, I'm not going to knock the guy before he even coaches a game. Right. So that that's where I'm at. Uh, but I do like one hire specifically for Sirianni staff. So yeah. they hired the Chargers uh, quarterback's coach, I believe? No. Uh, Chargers offensive coordinator. He worked with Herbert, and yes. Herbert murdered it all year. Yes. To a surprising level. I mean, Justin Herbert was the surprise of the draft. Even though he was drafted high. Yeah. He was thrown for 400 yards a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he played he played really, really well. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, that a lot of that, they said at least, uh, a lot of that contributes to what, uh, Shane Steichen, his name is, uh, did for him. Um, so we'll see. Um, again, he has a background in, in quarterbacks, obviously. Um, so, you know, we'll see what he can do. And, uh, yeah, I like that hire as well. I mean, you know, all the moves that, that Nick Sirianni has made so far have been good, in my opinion. Uh, we brought in uh, a defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, Gannon, who was the defensive backs coach for Indianapolis last year. And, you know, Indianapolis as a secondary was was great last year. Um, they have one of the best slot corners in Kenny Moore. Um, 
they pretty much revived Xavier Rhodes' career last year. He had a fantastic season. So, you know, I, I like what he did last year, and, and and hopefully he can, you know, bring that to a bigger role in being the defensive coordinator. Um, and then, yeah, Shane Steichen, again, you know, the work we did with Herbert, hopefully he can translate that to, you know, when it's, now I know it's a different situation. Obviously, Herbert's younger. Uh, you know, he was a rookie. Um, but just, you know, working with the quarterback, and seeing them succeed is very, is very good to see. And, um, you know, I liked, I liked both of those moves that, that he made. So if we have someone that's able to help Carson build his foundation back up. Yeah. And, and I would like to say like a lot of fans are angry that they're still going with Wentz too. First things first, the Eagles are in a contract pickle. They can't do anything right. about it. Yeah. And if they do something about it, they have so much dead cap that they'd be in a bad position for what five years. It, it doesn't yeah, make it any sense. Nah, it, you know, I, I understand. I understand that he struggled. I, I do. And you know, we've said it many times in this on this podcast that he needed to play better. But it, it's you know, you still paid the man. He still, you know, we we know what he can do. You know, are you really going to give up on the man on one bad season? Now it was again, it was it was bad, it was bad, and I understand that. But he was an MVP a few years ago. So, are you really going to give up on him after one bad season? I'm not. I know some people. No. Know, I know where I, I know what I know what market we're in. I know we're in Philadelphia. But to me, you can't give up on a guy like that with that much potential. Still, in my opinion, I know he's you know he's only. He's only 27, 28 years old. That's that's young for a quarterback. So I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Well, so there is one player that uh, – a former Eagle that I, I follow on Twitter. Uh, Torrey Smith has really good takes on the NFL. I like his takes. They're pretty reasonable. And he gives kind of an explanation what a player's perspective is. Mm. And one of his tweets was – this was earlier in the year, but – Carson has one bad year, and you're already giving up on this guy. Like, exactly. you want help, player? It not that that wasn't verbatim, but that's pretty much what the tweet was saying. It's like there have been so many players on the team say like, "No, Carson's a great teammate." Yeah. Why is the media attacking this guy? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't understand the hate towards him. Uh, I, I don't understand the the false rumors. I really just don't get any of it. I mean, this man. What like what did he do? He played poorly. That that's it. I mean, he he didn't say anything wrong. He was a fantastic teammate in my opinion. And the fact that people think he's a bad teammate, why? What did he do wrong? He, he was supportive. He's right. He 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 existed. No, not just existed. He existed in Philadelphia. And that's that's the biggest key in my opinion. That he that he's in Philadelphia. Because anytime someone gets an opportunity to hate on someone for Philadelphia, they're going to do it. And at any time, you know, any any Philadelphia team struggles, the media eats it up. Like, and it's not just the Eagles. Anytime the Sixers, you know, go on a dry spell, any anytime Ben Simmons struggles for a few games, you're like, I'll trade Ben Simmons. Or, yep. you know, Embiid, Embiid has a bad few games. Oh, he's not um, – you know he's not the dominant player. Let's let's get rid of him while we can. Like no, like guys are gonna struggle. Like it, it, it's a it, 
you can't be perfect your whole career. You're going to struggle. What the, what the media is doing, though, they're playing the emotions of a very dedicated and passionate fan base. Yeah, they, they know, they know like, how much – they just know how much you care. And okay, and hear, hear me out. You, you might not like this take. But the Philadelphia fan base, all four, are the Stephen A. Smiths of fans. And what I mean by that is their hot takes are so hot and so often that they will continually get pressed. Am I wrong? If you listen to Sports Talk Radio, yeah. No matter whether it's ninety four one or ninety seven five, yeah. You know that someone's going to call in and say something so ludicrous <laughs> that you sit back in your car like, "What the hell are you smoking?" <laughs> and it's every day on yeah. every show, morning, afternoon, yeah. midday, all of it. Well, listen, I mean, <laughs> the whole thing with sports radio is, you know, they let they let anyone come in and talk. So, I mean, you know, a lot of the times it's just some schmuck that wants to be on the radio. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're, you're going to get you're going to get people who just spit nonsense. Um, but it's all the time. But you're again, you're in Philadelphia. You, you're 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 in a city where. There's so much passion that going to be, you know, a couple morons who just spit nonsense. I mean, it's, it's just going to happen. And that's anywhere, honestly. Like, if, if you have fans that are passionate about a sports team, they're going to, you know, they're going to speak out about it. So, you know, I, and I love sports radio. It's, it's you know, it's very uh, – if, 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 if the host is, is good at what he does, then it's very entertaining. Um, but there are some hosts that are just not good in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're going to get that with, with, but again, that's what, that's what the media goes after. They go after the people like that who will believe anything they hear in an article, you know, like, Oh, Wentz, uh, there was a report today. An insider said that Wentz, you know, feels like the relationship with off is the entire, like with the entire organization, you're going to have people who are like, Oh my God. An insider said that about Wentz. Do you really think he means it? Like, oh my god! Like, no, he didn't. Wentz didn't say anything. They're just making up a story. Why don't so they actually ask Wentz? Now, you know the thing, and again, that does scare people off, is because Wentz skipped media day at the very end. Yeah, but, and that's, and you know, that's the thing Wentz should have done is he he should have come out and said, you know, either I want to leave or no, I want to stay. So, in my opinion, that's what Wentz should have done. And, you know, it's not it, – it's it's a little bit on Wentz, too, because, again, he should have done that. But the fact that he didn't and they're still coming out with just ludicrous reports, you, you just – you can't believe everything you hear, man. You just can't. Because that's right. what the media will do. That, that's what the media will do. That They'll – you know, they, they make you believe anything. I think that Carson Wentz's redemption arc this year – is going to be one for the ages. I, I hope so, man. I, I really do. I, I I want him to succeed. I, I do. I mean, we we've seen how good he can be, and you know, we traded up to get him. He was the number two overall pick. 
his second year in the league, he was playing at an MVP level. And then he gets hurt, and then this year he just falls on the cliff. So, well, yeah, but that's the thing. People forget about last year. How did he, he even take good. that team to the playoffs? He was good. Yeah, exactly. He was good last year. Like, he, he, he brought a team with no one at wide receiver to the playoffs. And Carson himself, like, the only fault that I, I've, I've noticed with Carson was, like, he said, this was two years ago. Uh, the teammates, th- I think this uh, was back to the Alshon Jeffrey thing with uh, Josina Anderson, but yeah. Carson even said, you know, I, I got to distribute the ball better. Yep. And from what I saw, he did. Right. That year, this year was straight from hell. I don't know who cursed him, but yeah. someone did. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. Nope. Moving on from Carson, though. Speaking of hot takes and speaking of passion, this fan base was very passionate about Deuce Staley. For some yeah. reason. Personally, I think it's because he played here. Yeah. But, okay. I don't hate Deuce Staley by any circumstance. He asked out of his Eagles contract. I get it. He felt kind of played. Okay. You know, they shouldn't have interviewed him, first off. I will say that. Why they interview him if they had no intention? Second, uh, it's probably because the players asked. But second, you know, I know the argument's going to be that Sirianni didn't call plays. So why not hire Deuce? The players would run through a brick wall for him. I, yeah. I get it. I really do get it. But at this point, I think like the fan base, the front office wanted to go external too. Yeah. And not just external for offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, but all around the board. Uh, I really don't understand it. I, I think it's a loyalty thing. And, you know, again, no disrespect to him. I just did not want anything internal again. I, I don't want to go through it. I want a fresh start. And I yep. think that's what's best for the organization. 100%. 100% agreed. Um, like you said, I, I, I love Deuce Daly. I love what he did for this franchise. I love what he's done for the running back specifically. He, he, was, he was a good running backs coach. He was. Um, but he wanted more than that. And I, I understand. I, I do. You know, he was, he's been here for a long time. He, he's played here. He's been a coach here for, for a long time. He was with Andy Reid when, when he came in, or I think he was. Um, you know, he was here the Chip Kelly era, and he, he stayed along with Doug. So he's been here a long time. Um, and in my opinion, you know, if you want to be a head coach, and now it's not, it's not in all cases, but if you want to be a head coach, I think you just need a, you need more experience than just being a running back running backs coach. That's just my opinion. Um, and, and he's done some good, you know, he's done some good things with with the running backs. Um, but again, I like you said, I think the the fact that Lurie was so he, like just heavy on the fact that he wanted to stay in uh, uh, higher externally 
I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, I and again, I understand the players love him. They, they would go, they would go through a wall, brick wall for him, like you said. And I understand um, Deuce's anger too. I right. get it. I yeah. really do get it because if you feel like you've put in your time and you've put in all this effort and it doesn't have any results, you have no choice but to go elsewhere. Right. And, and I'm not and even, I'm not mad about it. I, I, I really do truly understand. Yeah, I hundred I, percent I agree. I want him to succeed. I do. Like if he if he can go on with with the Lions and maybe get promoted to, you know, maybe an offensive coordinator or something like that and and he does well, then yeah, maybe then you consider him for for a for a head coaching role. But just right now with with what the Eagles need to do in my opinion, uh it just didn't fit. And he, again, you know, we we keep saying it, but we I wish the best for him. I do. I want him to succeed in in Detroit or wherever else he goes. Um I really hope that he can eventually become the, the head coach that he wanted to be. And I think he can with time. Uh, just not right now. It doesn't really – it doesn't surprise me that like, people are upset. But it, it, yeah, it's like, also like you can't be that passionate about someone who, who was the running backs coach. And he didn't take he, – he was offered the offensive coordinator position, if I'm not mistaken. But didn't take it because he wouldn't be calling plays. Okay. Now, I mean, again, I even if that was the case, I would be fine with him being an offensive coordinator here, just not the head coach. I I really do again, and I understand Deuce's frustration. I don't understand the fan outlash about it because it, think, it's like it's like they're tearing Sirianni down before he even has an opportunity to show anything. Well, it's, I, like I don't, it, it's not Sirianni's fault he got hired. Right. I, think, I don't just think a better interview. Right. From, I see. That's it. He had a better plan. Yeah. I don't think people are hating on Sirianni as much as you think. I think just people are just mad that Deuce, Deuce didn't get hired. Like, I don't think they would have cared whoever got hired. They're just, they just want to Deuce no matter what. Well, like, um, if the Eagles hired B enemy over Deuce, which is who I wanted, I would have been ecstatic. Oh, I would have loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I would have loved it. Um, but again, you know, that whole situation where Biennemi's in the Super Bowl right now. So, you know, he, he wants can't. to wait. He wants to wait till after the season to, you know, potentially start interviewing. We just can't wait. Uh, you know, we have we have to prepare for the draft coming up. We have the sixth overall pick for for the, for the draft. Um, so, you know, we have to be we have to be ready for that. And we can't sit around and wait for someone to. And, and it may not even work out. Like he may just maybe he'll, maybe he had a bad interview and we waited all that time for nothing. So you know we had to make a move. And in my opinion, they 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 picked the right guy to try and fix the franchise. I I I think I don't know. And I'm just going to play the wait and see because I got mad. Doug got hired, and I was wrong. You know he won. Yep. And I'm tired of being the guy who's always taking these really aggressive stances on a coach before he even coaches. Right. G- give him a chance. Right. And I- I'm I want to give this guy a chance and yep. see how it goes. And if it goes well, great. Lori made a great hire. It seemed like Sirianni really stuck out. The coaching staff he put in place is really good. Yep. And. I think that the coaching staff plus him gives the team the best opportunity to win. 
Sirianni has his best experiences with quarterbacks and wide receivers. The wide receiver core hasn't been spectacular, you know? If yeah. he can bring any insight to the wide receiver core, get someone like a Jamar Chase or a Devonta Smith alongside a Jalen Rager, improve Jalen Rager's ability. I mean, yeah. I, I see the speed that Jalen Rager has, but this year I didn't see the ability to track the ball down. Right. And I think that's his crucial flaw. Yep. That's what I mean, needs to improve. Yeah, we've seen, you know, we've seen Sirianni in the past, you know, develop some good receivers. I mean, he worked with he worked with Keenan Allen. Uh, he worked with um, Mike, Mike Williams, Williams. In, in, in the Chargers. He worked with uh, Zach Paschal, who, who had a nice season for the for the Colts this year. He's worked with T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's worked with some good receivers. Um, T.Y. Hilton had a resurgence later in the season. Yeah. So and you know Jalen Rager kind of reminds me a little bit of T.Y. Hilton, and honestly, um, so you know if he can if if we can get T.Y. Hilton production out of Jalen Rager, you know we're not we're not talking about Jalen Rager being a bust anymore. You know we're not we're not making that. Uh, you know, we're not we're not complaining about Justin Jefferson anymore. You know, as good as Justin Jefferson was, you know, maybe maybe it'll take a couple of years for for Jalen Rager to to reach that level. We'll see. But you know, you hired the right guy to try and you know, develop improve. the team. The right, a main problem with the team that no one is talking about is the development of the team. The yep. team has struggled so much in developing their talent that you look at their secondary, you look at their offense. The players that they're drafting just aren't succeeding. And, you know, honestly, one of the only players that I've seen such a drastic improvement in is Jordan Mallon. Hear me out here when I say that. Dude was a rugby player, star rugby player. Great. That doesn't translate necessarily to football right away. Over a few years, he became able to step in and play line. Right. He's going to be competing for that left tackle with Andre Dillard. You don't just say, here you go, Dillard, you have your job back after my lot was able to play that well all year. And, you know, people are going to say the same thing about Wentz and Hurts. But you don't have the contract issue at that position either. Well, the thing is, what Hurts didn't play that well either. You know, he had a couple he, games. He had, he, had, he had a good few moments. Don't get me wrong. But not enough, in my opinion, to just be named the starter immediately. Right. And, it, you know, it will be a competition. But, you know, again, if the Eagles' biggest thing this offseason was telling their coach that, hey, we want to fix this guy, then, yeah, he should be the starter. But, again, you have, you have a guy like Jalen Hurts, even though as much as we didn't like the pick, you do have him now. So you got to give him a chance as well. Agree. And and you know if he plays well enough, then it's not out of the question. But you can't. What's the right word? You can't like I don't know because I you know obviously the pick of of Hertz didn't help Wentz at all. Right. So I, I you know it's it's a, it's weird. It's a touchy situation. Maybe maybe a trade Hertz. Who knows. Um, but whatever happens, I think Wentz should, should be the starter week one. And, but again, we'll see. So, but that's, so you know, that's a long way in the future. There is one piece of excellent news that came out of the Eagles organization today. Yeah. I know you're loving this. My, my favorite words were uttered. 
Press Taylor will not be returning next year. <laughs> and now this report, I believe, Press Taylor probably enabled Carson Wentz's bad habits. And if you look at his mechanics this year, they were bad. They were horrible. So you need to bring someone in that's able to be like, hey, this is not right. You're doing this wrong. This happened. And I think it'll be proven this year whether Wentz is a diva or not. Because if he improves and listens, he's going to play. And he's going to be better. If he sucks and continues to struggle, well, maybe the reports were true. Let yep. the dude prove himself. Let the dude speak. And you know what? Maybe just let his game speak for him. And I think maybe that's what he's doing. He wants his game to speak for him. He doesn't want other people to speak for him, and he doesn't want to speak out himself. He wants to let his game yeah. speak. Yeah, well, and there are a lot of people that, that do sense. that. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, he's not, he's not the type of guy that, you know, I don't think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, he doesn't he doesn't seem like the type of guy that just w- would want any of this drama. I mean, he's he doesn't just, you seem know, confrontational. Like he no, really he doesn't. doesn't. When he's, you look, we talk about it before, but you you look at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they will go over to their receiver and they will rip them a new hole. Yep. I don't really see that. Yeah. So I mean, that, and I think Wynn should think- do more of that, but it's just not the type of guy that he is, and I, I understand that. Um. Again, that's that's a whole different conversation of you know holding people accountable and all that all that kind of thing. But it's just not the type of player he is, it, the type of guy he is. Really, he, he doesn't want uh, confrontation. He doesn't want drama. You know, he's just gonna show up to training camp or whatever whatever OTAs or I don't even know if they do OTAs anymore. But whatever training camp is, he'll show up and he'll you know he'll compete for the job and and we'll see what happens. But um, I don't think I mean they'll obviously ask you know. They'll, they'll ask all the questions when when it comes media time, like, "Oh, do you want to be here?" All that, all that stuff. Uh, and hopefully, you know, he 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 talks with media. You know, he doesn't deny them like he did last time. Which again, it's not a big deal. Um, so we'll see. But uh, he's just not the type of the guy. That's the, you know, that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing with me, he's just not the type of guy that wants to deal with any of this. I mean, I I understand because we mentioned earlier the media is it's just the media is the media. Um, they, they don't, they don't care about feelings. They don't care about, they, they just want drama, confrontation, anything to, to get eyes on the, on a story they're going to, they're going to try and do. So that's the media for you. And Carson Wentz obviously doesn't want any part of it. All right. So the main takeaways from this, give Sirianni a chance. Yep. I think good things are going to come this year. Wentz is the guy, whether you like it or not. It's been made apparent. Yep. You shouldn't even have to be told to give him a chance. But the fan base is passionate. Yep. And let's see where this team can go. With the draft coming up, we're really going to have a better insight as to how this team is going to look, how it can improve, and the talent that we can get. With the sixth pick, we have an earlier pick in the second. That means we can get a prime talent in the second round, too. Yep. There are players that are first-round talent that fall into the second every single year. Yep. I, I really think with as long as Howie Roseman and that's the biggest thing. Right, big brain. We're good. 
speaking <laughs> of Hallie, do you have any questions no. for him? Yeah, Hallie, how you doing? This is uh, this is Chip Jordan from uh, PHL Sports Nation. How you doing today? Yeah, Chip, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, uh, you know, made the decision to hire him as the head coach. Uh, how do you like him? Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a visor guy. We love visor guys. Uh, that's really one of the main things we look for in a head coach is wearing a visor. Um, Deuce didn't wear a visor, so it, it was hard. So basically, uh, you hired Nick Sirianni because you wore a visor. Well, that and his football acumen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, true or false, did you ask Nick Sirianni if he uh, would wear a visor if he was the coach of the Eagles? What present did Swoop give him when he landed? Right, right. So basically, you're just okay. You're a visor guy. I, I understand. I understand. Listen, uh, listen. I'm, I'm tired of the visor question. Let's move on. Do you have any questions regarding the future of this team? Because I'm, I'm getting really sick and tired of this. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you're okay. Um. Yeah. So do you. So in the interview with with Nick Sirianni, mm-hmm. um, you know what was said that. You know, made him that made you guys decide that he that he was the right fit. Well, when he said that he was scared for my finger, and he didn't want me to lose it, I knew that he was. I, wow! So he mentioned the finger, huh? Yeah, that's what Carson um, Wentz is. My finger. No, uh, I'm not even going to get into it. Um. Okay. Uh. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, the whole Deuce situation. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously you interviewed Deuce. Uh, what, you know, what made you decide to look elsewhere? Listen, I'm going to answer this one seriously and, and not as how and not as fake Howie Roseman, but a probable Howie Roseman. Mm-hmm. Deuce didn't have the vision that he wanted. We had a guy that had a really good vision that included Carson Wentz in the future mm. and interviewed exceptionally well, had a game plan, and it was the game plan that we wanted to go with. Deuce wasn't a good fit, and that's why we decided to go otherwise. Wow. Actually, a, a competent answer by you, Howie. I like it. And I wish uh, him all the best. I, I really do wish him all the best, and I hope that he gets what he's looking for um, in another organization. But right now, this is what's best for the team. Wow. Actually, a good answer out of Howie Roseman. Okay. Uh, so what are you looking to do with, with the sixth pick? Uh, well, personally, uh, I've done a lot of research. I've looked uh-huh. at a lot of film. And I have printed out a lot of spreadsheets. A, a right. lot uh-huh. of spreadsheets. So what I want is to draft the best available talent at the time. Which so okay. Continue, continue. Could could be a plethora of positions. And I want it to fit our mold. So we're, we're looking at is, players like Jamar Chase, like Devonta Smith, like yeah. Justin Fields. Uh I'm sorry, what? Yeah, we're looking at all of them. 
you're looking at Justin Fields. All of them. Uh, okay, why Justin Fields? Why are you looking at him at all? QB factory, baby. Oh, God. And there's the Hallie Rosen we know and love. All right. And that's the end of that. <laughs> Hallie. All right. That was a very long Eagle segment, and we didn't chew up a whole bunch of time like usual. So let's really delve into the Sixers, you know? Let's get the practice balls on the court and shoot some hoops. The Sixers have been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Tonight they're struggling a little bit against the Pistons, but Embiid's out. Yeah. This team needs to be able to win without Embiid. Embiid's yep. probably going to play between, I would say, 63 and 67 games this year. Am I wrong? Well, it's a 72-game season, so. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I he'll probably play. Uh, uh, he might, I don't know. He might play sixty. Maybe. I, I have Maybe hopes that he plays sixty. Yeah. Especially down the stretch, we're really going to need him. Yeah. Um. Okay. I want to get into Ben Simmons. All right. I, I have. I have even fallen into this trap myself. Mm-hmm. But what is so polarizing about Ben Simmons in the city? It can't just be the three-point shot. But he has been, until recently, within the last two games, he was struggling. Mm. Is he starting to find his groove and something that works for him? What, what have you seen out of Ben that has created this drastic improvement in play? Uh, we know he has the talent. The dude can run down a floor. And drive the lane and make anything that he goes in for. Yeah. But what was the biggest thing? Well, I've been saying this for 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 months, if not years. He's being aggressive. He's driving to the lane. He, he and I, I I always say this, but it's true. He can drive to the lane every single time down the floor. Every time. He has that kind of he just he's he's that fast, he's that strong, he's that big. He can do it every single time. And it's it's pretty damn hard to stop him if he does decide to do that. But it's up to him, man. If he wants to be if he wants to do it, it he has to do it. He can't you know, he can't just decide some games that he's not going to do it. You know, he has to he has to commit to it, and he has to do it. But that's the thing. He, he doesn't. Um, but, yeah, these last couple games, he's been aggressive, man. He, he's, he's getting, to the, he's getting to, the, to the bucket. He's getting fouled, and he's hitting some good – he's hitting some free throws. So that's what he needs to do if, if he's not going to shoot, which, you know – of course, we want him to, but he doesn't need to. Right. Um, so, if that's what if that's what he if that's what he wants to do, then that's and and he's showing it the, these last couple of games that he can be aggressive. He can get to the line. He can um, get to the basket at will. He can, but it's just not consistent yet. So that's the biggest thing with Ben Simmons, in my opinion. 
And that that's where his struggles are really persisting. Yes. But defensively, in my opinion, he's been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, his ability to just, I don't know what it is, but he's just, he's great defensively. You know, he, he, he's been able to not shut down, but, you know, kind of, you know, slow down, you know, some of their, some of the best players. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, him defensively, man, it is, I mean, that's why, you know, he, that's, that's his, that's his best thing right now, him defensively, but you know, again, if he can, if he can figure this thing out, thing out, uh, offensively, if he can just keep this up, what he's doing now, then he'll be fine. Now, now when we're looking at other Sixer struggles, other than Ben, who, who's improved? Uh, I'm, I'm giving him credit where credit's due. Um, the bench has struggled on and off this year. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at my, I'm looking at my boy Tyrese Maxey here. Love you, kid. But you got to be more aggressive. You stopped uh, driving right to the net. Seemed to lose that tenacity down below. Yeah. What what happened? Um, well, I think he's just not getting enough minutes right now. Um, you know, obviously we had the whole COVID situation with 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 Curry, and and then we had the Furkan injury. Furkan, yeah, right. So right now he's not he's not getting the minutes that he was. Um. So. You know, I don't think it's – I mean, yeah, he's definitely slowed down a little bit, but I think as long as he's getting, you know, solid minutes, then he'll still be a contributor. Yeah, I really think he has a lot of potential. I want to see this kid do so well in Philadelphia. It's not even funny. Um, yeah, he loves them. Yeah, I do. Uh, but Dwight Howard has been a really big contributor. Uh, he had a shorts ripped off. The last game, did did you see that? What happened? So, Dwight Howard was under the net going for a rebound against the Pistons. Uh, not tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, what was it Saturday's game? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I don't know who was defending him, but they grabbed onto his shorts and ripped them oh, and tore a piece I did off see of them. That. Yes. And Dwight Howard got called for a foul. Of course he did. And Dwight Howard is looking at the referee with his shorts like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and the ref asks for the ball. He's like, give me the ball, Dwight. So Dwight drops the ball and rolls it the other direction and gets a tack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's – oh, man. It's, I'm not even going to get started with the refs, but – Yeah, that was I, – I did see that. I didn't know he got – uh, a technical foul for that, but I did see yeah. shorts got ripped. Oh man, yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, I I, I, I think Dwight's going to be a contributor this year, like a bigger yeah. contributor than we think. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, I've said this. I, I I thought that the signing of Dwight Howard was, you know, fantastic for this team. Um, you know, it's a, it's. I mean, it's just a veteran guy who's been around for forever. Um, you know, to come and be your backup with a guy like Embiid. Um, you know, who's had so many struggles in the past with like, in terms of, um, you know, conditioning and all that, just a guy like that, who's 
again, who's been around for, for a long time and, and then and has won a championship last year. Um, I thought that was a fantastic signing by Daryl Morey. And, you know, the fact that the Sixers organization has really embraced him. And oh, yeah. the team seems to love being around him, too. So that's great. Yeah. And he, he fits the mold. This team, compared to last year, looks like a more functional basketball team. There's yeah. still obvious flaws. The turnovers have really nipped them in the butt. And I think that as this season progresses, if those turnovers can reduce and this team can continue to produce at an elite level, we're going to see them with the number one seed at the end of the year. Yeah. If they, yeah, I mean, listen, and you you nailed it. Uh, the turnovers are, are huge for this team. Um, even though, you know, we made so many changes, you know, the turnovers are still are still a problem, in, in my opinion. Uh, you know, because some games they'll they'll have 10, which is great. But then another game they'll have, you know, 20, which which is, you know, you can't you can't that can't happen. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing for me right now. Um, still, you know, is even though it's turnovers are always a problem with this team for whatever reason, but. Um, that's the biggest thing, turnovers. And uh, let me—I just want to talk about Embiid for a second because, okay. man, I'm, I'm so he's happy. He's a train. For him, man. I'm so happy for him, man. He's finally—he's finally doing what you know the 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 city of Philadelphia expected him to do. Um, he, you know, he's playing at an MVP level. Um, you know, he's playing out most games. And, you know, he's not getting, you know, in the fourth quarter, he's not slowing down or anything like in the past we've seen. So, you know, if he if he if he's actually taking this conditioning thing seriously, which I hope that he is, then, man, he, I mean, he's going to win the MVP. I mean, if he keeps this up, then he should, in my opinion. Um, you know, and that's that's really what it comes down to. If this team wants to win a championship, it's going to it's going to be through Embiid. Um, and I mentioned this off mic a couple days ago when we were talking just about the Sixers in general. Um, but if you want to beat the Sixers, it's going to be damn hard if, if our, if our three point shooters are hitting their shots, because either you, you leave, you leave them beat on an Island and he scores every time down the floor or you double team him and we hit, we, he passed it out and we hit a three. I mean, that's just what, that's just what it comes down to. So <clears throat> that's the biggest thing. Again, if we can, if our three-point shooters can stay can stay consistent and hit their shots, and 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 Ben Simmons being aggressive, man, oh man, it's gonna be hard to beat this team. I'm telling you. And I, man, I'm it's just because if because we've seen it, like you know these these last couple games, and 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 also the fact that our starting five hasn't lost yet. Now I know it's only been like a few games, but still. That's an encouraging sign as well. So, you know, the addition of Seth Curry, the addition of Danny Green, even though I, even though he had struggled a little bit, um, man, it, it, you can just see it. It's night and day with this team. And we just needed three-point shooters. And if they can be consistent, man, watch out. Because <laughs> we're going to be tough to beat. Absolutely. And, you know, I was talking with a coworker today. And people were saying, like, oh, how are the Sixers going to get through the Nets? Okay, if MB. Ben is on if Ben is on KD, right. that will severely limit KD. KD is still going to produce because he's KD. Right, exactly. But who's going to who's going to stop Embiid? Is exactly. the question. Exactly. Yeah, and I understand. You know, the Nets they have three of the best players in the league right now. I understand that. 
But A, B, they can't all score, you know, 50 points every single game. Like all three of them. That just can't happen. And, and I mean, who? you have DeAndre Jordan. That's it. At your, at your center. That's all, that's all you got. And we've seen in the past that DeAndre Jordan doesn't really love sticking MP. So, again, if if we can get Ben Simmons to limit Kevin Durant, like you said, we're not going to completely shut him down because it's KD. But if you can limit KD, you know, and then you, you still have Harden and, 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 and Irving, but, again, both of those guys can't score 50 every single game. So they're going to have to choose, you know, who gets to be the, the main guy. And that's going to be up to them. But defensively, we're still a great team. And then, again, Embiid. If he is dominating the way he has been, look out. <laughs> right. R- right now, Embiid is the MVP. And he's playing no like it. Absolutely no question. So we're going to see how that plays out. And let's, let's end our Sixers conversation there. And one last thing to discuss is the Flyers. They're struggling, man. <laughs> they're they're struggling. Yeah, they are. <clears throat> um, I think that the team is good. They just got to work out. The defense has been the main issue this year. Mm. I, I don't know how they're going to fix it, and I know Ghost is coming back. I, I just don't see how you give up 40 shots a game. It's yes. hard to win with that many shots on goal. And it's not just and it's not just shots. They they're quality shots on goal for the most part. Yeah. How many times can your goalie stop those shots? Right. And you're yeah. seeing the goalie frustrated too. You're seeing Carter Hart slamming a stick. I have never seen Carter Hart really show that much emotion on the ice. Which I guess that's yeah. a good thing that he does. Yeah. He cares. Well, yeah, I mean he cares and, and he knows that, you know, he's not been great. But again, you can't expect to win when you give up when you let a team shoot 40 times on your goal i don't care how good you are i don't care if you're martin bro i don't i don't care if you're the best goalie that's ever played the game 40 shots some are going to come through Defensively, we have to be better i mean there's no if ands or buts about it and i've seen i've seen a lot of memes on twitter that you know we're trying to get matt niskin in back but you know the fact of the matter is you know he's gone and, you know, you didn't do much to replace it. So, you know, you have what you have. And, again, we know how good this team can be. We've seen it. It's just up to them if they want to, you know, be better. That's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Well, so, on top of it, the, we'll the power play started off so hot. Uh, yeah. Claude Giroux, I love Claude Giroux. But he's been... He's been just a non-presence on the ice on 5-on-5. Yeah. I haven't really seen him much. His name's really quiet. And, you know, that's not the Claude Giroux I'm used to really seeing. You know, I I want Claude Giroux to be the leader of this team and really go out there with a physicality. And I know he's getting up there in age, but not to the point where he can't produce at all. Right. Uh, yeah, I think the Couturier I mean, injury really hurt them more than they think. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Um, you know, we're definitely missing him 
especially defensively, obviously, he was the Selk winner last year. But, um, you know, even offensively, you know, we haven't been that great. I mean, we scored one goal against the Bruins in the past game. Um, you know, I know we had a couple against them in the prior game, but um, – you know, we haven't been we haven't been that great offensively. I know I know we've been pretty good, uh, but yeah, the biggest thing right now is defensively. Um, I mean, just help you you know help your young goalie out, man. I mean, we know how good he can be. We've seen we've seen it again. We we have seen how good this team can be. So you just, you got to help him out. Um, I do I and I do think that you know they'll clean up eventually. Because uh, like with someone with Elaine Vigneault as your head coach, you know he's not going to let he's not he's not going to continue to let this happen, um, and he can't because again we we've had somewhat we have we've had you know high expectations for this team, and you know the fact that they've come out and played like this, you know it's not going to sit well with the fans, and they know that. So I do expect them to to come out and play better eventually. I'm with you. Um, uh... I still need them to play a little bit better before I make a final decision on the season. They definitely have a lot of potential, but absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll see. I don't want to say they're bad again. It might just be a couple game stretch, you know. Yeah. And the last thing I have to say is, go Cats! They're back in action. <laughs> yeah, I mean they barely squeaked by Seton Hall, and then they destroyed Providence. So there you go. Seton Hall's a good team. They are. Yeah. The Big East, I mean, almost all the Big East is a good team. So <laughs> the fact that Villanova is one of the best teams in the Big East is good. See, Willard always coaches great against Villanova. I don't know what yeah. it is, but that what dude has Villanova? a passion to beat Villanova every single time. And I mean, like, but not like every other team. It's like, right. if you lose, you're dead kind of passion <laughs> that dude is angry all the time for how skinny he is when he gets technical <laughs> fouls like he did in the last game you can see the blood boil that man turns <laughs> beat red in anger and frustration but you know what i love it <laughs> i remember when uh... i was in college when we played, when we played against, <laughs> when we played against Seton Hall, I would make sure to get very close to the court in the student section. I would get to the game very early, and me and a couple of buddies would chirp the living hell out of Seton Hall. I don't know what it was, but I <laughs> loved chirping Seton Hall. It was well, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it makes sense. Villanova's the top dog in the Big East right now. I mean, you know, they're obviously going to bring their all when they when they come to, especially come to Philadelphia. So, I like that though. I like when you know that's that's how it should be. I mean, if you're if you're the top dog in a, in a conference, you know, you should expect all the all the other teams in that conference to to give it a hundred percent, a hundred ten percent when when you guys face each other. That's how it should be. So, I like that. Dude, <laughs> it's just funny. I, I love messing with that. Like, I, I used to love messing with Kevin Willard. He used to turn around and just give us a death stare sometimes, but it was worth it. I mean, probably also, I mean, probably also, he, he, yeah, well, he doesn't, but I mean, also, he knows where he is. He's in Philly, bro. Come on, let's, let's be real. Yeah, I mean, no. also, you, you probably got some students that were definitely not drinking beforehand and definitely <laughs> not, not 
10 to 12 beers deep going into the game. <laughs> a lot of animosity and anger. A lot of pre-gaming going on. Yeah, a little bit. Just just a little bit, you know? Just a little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit outside. Just a little bit, yeah. But I got nothing left to add for this episode. Uh, do you have anything to say before we reach our destination? Um, Big week. Stop hating on Carson Wentz, first of all. Because he, he's a good guy. Let let him prove that either he's he's done, you know, he's he screws over, or that he can come back and 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 play well again. Just let let him prove it. You yep. know, he had one bad season. You know, let him let him redeem himself. And also the whole do situation. Just you know, I, I get it, but just let the man like let him succeed. You know, if if he wants to go elsewhere, then let him go elsewhere. You know, but if if he wants to be a head coach, let him earn it. You know, let him actually call an offense and and you know work your way up. And if if we're wrong, I'm happy being wrong in this case. That's 100%. my opinion. That's I, I my opinion. Deuce I'm entitled to it. Yes, I, I want Deuce to succeed. I, I really, I do. I, trust me, I do. Like if he be, if he goes on to the Lions and they and they promote him to OC and then he does fantastic with whatever quarterback they decide to go with because Stafford Stafford wants to get traded, um, you know they maybe they draft a quarterback and then you know he he can help you know develop them or or call plays for him or whatever it may be and he goes on to succeed and then he gets a head coaching job somewhere else that I I would love that I really would, but again right now it just it, it didn't. It didn't fit for what we needed right now. I'm with you there. And I think that's the main takeaway from this episode. And I so will on always that, love Deuce no matter what. Agreed. On that note, we've reached our destination for the day. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon there. You can find us on Anchor. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available, we're most likely there. If you would like to see us added to another platform, please shoot us an email at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com. Let us know what platform, and we'll definitely put a request in to be on there. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, go to phlthebandwagon on Facebook, also phlthebandwagon. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at phlryanmichaels. If you want to follow Chip, it's at phlchiptiernan. Uh, we do post a weekly poll on the bandwagon Twitter, so please do take part in it. We really do love corresponding with the fans, and a lot of it, I think, this week is going to do going to have to do with the coaching decision. Uh, we really want to hear everyone's take on that, and we really do want to have some dialogue to see where the fans really sit. Um, it, it's something that's really perplexed us, especially with the due situation. So please, please communicate with us. Yep. Um, I got nothing left to say, man. We'll see you at the next stop. Go Birds.